Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Roadside. I am Abigail. And I am Janica. And we have a very, very special episode today. We do. I am so excited about it. I was so excited to do it. And now that it's done, it happened. It did. It happened. It happened. And it was just beautiful. It was. <laughs> it was. I had a wonderful time. Good. I'm glad. First of all, how are you, Mom? I'm great. I'm just uh, busy. Yeah. Me too. We just had a, a fun little extended weekend and yeah. um, got to spend time with you and your brothers. That was good. Yeah. It was a good time. I always like hanging out with the fam. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. It was fun. We learned some history stuff. We did. Might have to talk about some of it soon. Might have to. I don't know. <laughs> you never know what could happen. Yep. We went to a fancy dinner. We did have a fancy dinner. Yes. We did. We had a very fancy dinner. It was delicious. Yeah. And everyone there was so nice. They were. They were like the nicest people that we met. That whole time. The whole trip. They were the nicest. Definitely. So how are you? Pretty good. Didn't really do a whole lot today. I've been off all day today. So I did some reading and put my plants all around the house. Oh, yay. Yeah. Mom gave me some plants for my house and I loved them so much. Good. Very nice. I'm glad. And that was about it. Now Ryan and I are going to make dinner. Okay. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Well, I am probably going to spend the night editing. All right. <laughs> Sounds fun. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So do you want to tell everybody what we're doing here? I do, guys. Here's what's going on. We got the opportunity to interview and talk to one of my favorite people that I've ever talked to. Her name is Rissa. Rissa Miller. Yes. And I will introduce her a little bit once we get into it a little bit, but... It was so nice to talk to her. She is everything that I want to be when I grow up, basically. <laughs> and I knew that just from when I, her and I were sending emails back and forth trying to get a date on the calendar and all of that. Right. And I hadn't even dove into everything she does, but I was like, this sounds like Abigail. <laughs> it is. Yeah, very much so. And we hope to have her back sometime because she, we loved yes, her. She so. was great. Um, And we had such a great conversation. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Yeah. But I would love for her to come back. Yeah, that would be great. But we had a nice talk about the Akamak Inn. Yep. And we talked about some witchy stuff. Talked about some superstitions. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great time. It was a great time. All right. Let's get into it. Roll the clip. (laughs) We hope you enjoy it. Yes, as much as we did. We really did love talking to her. Yes, very much. Here you are. You're welcome. So here we are with Rissa Miller. Yay! We're so excited. Rissa Miller is an author, a poet, a seer, an herbalist, and a fellow lover of the spooky side of history. Rissa studied at NYU Tisch, very impressive, wow, (laughs) and Western Kentucky University. Uh, She has worked in five different publications and is now the senior editor at a national magazine. 
And when it comes to the spooky history, she's studied and taught things like history of witches, superstitions, cryptids, ghosts, and a whole bunch more. And today she is here with us on the Roadside Podcast to talk about the Accomac Inn. Is that, am I saying that right? Accomac Inn. You are. The Accomac Inn. In York, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Welcome. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah, welcome. Thank you both so much for having me. I I think what you're doing with the Roadside Podcast is just delicious, and I absolutely am so pleased to be a guest. Oh, thank you. Awesome. I don't think we've ever been described as delicious, but I love that. I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't do a whole lot of research on the yeah, neither of us before did. I started because I wanted I didn't want to spoil anything for myself. Okay. Yeah. We wanted to be genuinely surprised. Yeah. All I know is that it's a haunted in in Pennsylvania. That's all I got so far. But I am very excited. I'm happy to jump in and start the story. Yeah, of course. The way I like to tell the story is to ask the listener to imagine spending forever, and I don't mean a lifetime, I mean forever, Mm. with the person you didn't want to marry. Oh. Oh, my God. That's terrible. (laughs) So our our story goes back to 1864, and a family named the Coyles owned the Accomac Inn at that time. Now, the Accomac Inn was an important place in um, the central Pennsylvania's history, and it's because it was the first landing spot, the first dock on the Susquehanna River in this region. Mm. And it was important for shipping. It was important during the Revolutionary War. General Lafayette came there when he basically came across and decided to join the war and save the colonists. So it is a place that has had a lot of, you know, famous historical figures come and go. And the word Accomac comes from the Lenape tribe, the Lenape First Nation people who did live in the region before. And... Susquehanna River is named after the Susquehannock people. So mm-hmm. that gives you a sense of place of how old this land is. Yeah, and, right. You know, the other, before I tell the story of the Coyle family and what happened in the haunting, I also want to point out that this region of the Susquehanna River is known for its paranormal activity. There are so many fascinating legends. There are cryptid stories. There are UFO stories. There are countless ghost stories and uh, this whole area along both sides of the Susquehanna just a couple of miles on each side I mean we could do 10 episodes just about that area (laughs) wow um, that's amazing there's a a fairly famous crypto there called the Albert Witch there is allegedly a dog man on the other side there's a a werewolf cemetery how mysterious So many great stories. There's an yeah. old haunted. There's an old haunted prison that they turned into a market house. Oh my gosh! Just so many stories in just this one little swath of paranormal mm-hmm. hotspot. But um, coming back to the Accomac Inn, the year is 1864. The Coyle family is operating the inn, both as an inn and as a restaurant. And it's very prosperous. Um, And John Coyle Jr., the son of the owner, he's a a decent guy, according to stories and historical account, but he's got a really bad temper. And um, even though his family owns this incredibly prosperous inn, he would have been a great catch for any girl. Right. But mm, (laughs) 
The girl he ends up falling in love with is the girl who works for their family. Her name is Emily. And now Emily has a sad story and she was an orphan and they brought her to work in almost like an indentured servant kind of situation, but she was Mm. happy to have the work. She was happy to have a place to live. And you would have thought that a girl in her position in the 1800s would have been happy to marry John Jr. However, (laughs) however, when you got a temper, however, she (laughs) has decided after multiple proposals that she does not wish to marry him, that she would rather be on her own than marry a man. It was very brave for her position in that time period. In that time, for sure. Right. Yes. And that's your boss's son. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Probably yeah. a member of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're wealthy. She's poor. She's an orphan. She has no one to offer a dowry for her. Right. And yet she does not wish to marry John Jr. despite multiple advances and proposals. Now, my understanding is that he did approach her honorably. She just didn't want to marry him. Well, if she if she saw the way that he acted around the inn, right? She might be like, mm, I'm gonna pass. Yeah. She would know him. Yeah. You know, one day he asked her to marry him again, and again she declined, and he came back full of rage into the inn and Um, decided that if he couldn't have her, nobody else ever would. uh, On that sad day, he took, yeah, yeah. (laughs) On that sad day, he took a gun out to the barn and shot her, and then he turned the gun on himself. Oh Oh my God. What a horrible story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like it's not over. <laughs> I mean, you've done a great job telling it so far, but I'm just saying that it's just so sad. Well, Emily unfortunately passes away, and uh, she's buried on the property. But John survives his wound, and oh. almost immediately, as soon as he recovers, is put on trial for murder, as oh. he should be. As he should be. Yep. He should be accountable for his actions. Now, mm-hmm. his parents who were prominent members of society, got his trial moved from York County, Pennsylvania to Gettysburg, which if you look at a map, uh, York and Gettysburg are next to each other. But in 1860s, that was a several day ride. Right. I mean, now we could easily make the drive and it'd be no big deal. But back then to go from the Susquehanna River side of York, which is almost into the next county, right? Um, all the way over to where Gettysburg is, you would think that he would have been able to get a jury that had not heard about the tr- the, the terrible incident where he shot Emily. Mm-hmm. So they wanted him to get a fair trial and they used their influence to make it happen. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. he gets to Gettysburg and the jury there convicts him of murder and he is going to be hanged. Oh, and uh, there's basically nothing at this point that the Coyle family can do to save John Jr. He, there's no not going to be another trial. There's mm-hmm. you know, no life in prison. Yeah, they this are, is the end of it. Die. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and um, he does indeed. Uh, he he does get hanged for his crimes. And oh. they try to bury him in the town where he was born at their family church, and they say no. They say no. We don't want him. He's a terrible huh. murderer. And uh, we don't want him. No murderers in our cemetery. They, yeah, yeah, they don't want him in the churchyard. Uh-uh. I get it. I don't blame him. <laughs> I get it, yeah. They bury him on the Akamek property right by Emily. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I bet Emily hates that. If I was Emily, I would definitely be wanting to come back and kick some ass. <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember when I first heard this story many, many, many years ago, I went, what? Mm. <laughs> right. 
Were his parents thinking this clear through this clearly? Yeah. yeah. Like, why would bury your son next to the girl he was in love with that he murdered that didn't like him back? Yeah, and that he died because of the murder. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have questions. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> so Emily and John are both said to haunt the Akamak. And they somehow have both gotten stuck there for all of mm. these years. Right. Now, they aren't always seen together. In fact, Emily's um, spirit often shows up crying, weeping. Aww. And there is a fascinating recording that a paranormal group made of her. And you can distinctly hear her crying out, help me, help me, Aww. on the recording. Uh, there's another a report where there was a woman outside after the restaurant closed one night in a long white old fashioned dress. And she was sitting there crying, sobbing into her hands. And when the restaurant manager approached her, she looked real. And he said, don't worry, I'll, I'll call to get help for you. So he called the mm. police. And when they arrived, she literally vanished. She just dissipated into the air and then they realized it wasn't a patron it wasn't someone who wanted help it well i guess it was but it, it wasn't anybody they could wasn't within their power to help her yeah now john's ghost manifests a little differently oh boy there is someone within the walls of the akamak that walks through slamming doors knocking mm. down chairs dropping plates and cups and wine glasses, stomping across the floor. Oh. And everybody who has worked there almost over the years reports hearing the voices, hearing mm. the voices of John and Emily speaking, talking to patrons, talking to the, each other. Uh, there's also said to be the ghost of a cat that sometimes appears oh. there. Oh. Uh, yeah, which is Cute. which is kind of yeah, which is kind of cool. They say the yeah. cat suddenly appears, does some cat stuff, and then vanishes. Aww, that's <laughs> right? adorable. Yeah, um, I mean, I like to think maybe the cat keeps Emily company. Oh yeah, I hope Aww, so. Yeah, that is a nice thought. Yeah, I hope that he keeps Emily company, and I hope that he scratches John. <laughs> that's what I say. That's what I say. Or maybe just. Maybe just soothes John enough that he's not so angry. I mean, that that that, that is would well. be nice. <laughs> Doesn't make as much noise, right? There are other things like flashing lights that happen uh, when the building is closed. And now the sa- next sad chapter of this story is that um, since 2018, the Akamak restaurant has been closed to the public. Oh. Um, they sadly went bankrupt, um, oh. and they. They sold the whole property, which is eight acres and a very Mm -hmm. large restaurant, which is restored almost completely to original form. Oh, Uh, wow. I I sent you all pictures. It's a gorgeous space. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it has a working fireplace. It seats 75 people. And um, it's ready to go. All someone needs to do is come up with $1.3 million to purchase it. So if you have any listeners that want to have a haunted restaurant, <laughs> I, I'm checking here the facts. Um, since 2019, it was fully restored. All the stone structure was reinforced, including oh, all of wow. the original stone. The interior walls are redone, repainted. The ceilings are redone and repainted. It has a fully new HVAC system. Wow. Has It's it's right on the roadside. Wow, which yeah. Looking out over the river, absolutely beautiful. And 
it has a 4,000 square foot storage facility um, by a functional dock that they can still take things on and off the river. It's a great property. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. A little out of my budget. It's a little out of my budget too. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, not too much, right? It's also quite a few states away from me. Right. A little bit. So I, um, I did get to dine there several times over the course of my life. I never saw saw Emily, but I did have a lovely dining experience there. Um, awesome. have a, the whole front has a wrapped porch that's screened in that you can yeah, see outside that was and look over the river. Oh my gosh, it was, that's my dream. It was an amazing experience. And they mm-hmm. used to have paranormal investigators in for ghost dinners. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's when a lot of the recordings and things mm-hmm. that if you sniff around online can be found. I believe it was, in fact, the paranormal investigators that discovered John doesn't always stay at the ACMAC. Allegedly, oh. he also goes to neighbors' houses and harasses them and breaks oh. them up and slams their doors. What a Dude. jerk. Yeah, well, come on. He's angry. He's very angry. He was angry in life, angry in death. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, uh, nobody's ever, um, nobody's, as far as I know, nobody's ever tried to reach out to him to see what he's so angry about. <laughs> but um, it would certainly be interesting to have Yeah, that, I would like to know. To have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the paranormal investigators found that there was another spirit there during the Civil War. Um, A a Confederate soldier spy was killed on the land there. And there is a marker for his grave. And they say that he sometimes appears, but he's a very different male presence than than John. And he's a bit quieter. He's sort of um, a, a little more of a background energy than mm-hmm. the other two um even even less frequent than the cat does the soldier appear okay but a very very haunted place with a lot of stuff going on yeah and, uh, i want them i want someone to buy it just so that i can go there again yeah, yeah no i kidding. want someone to buy it so we can go too right yeah <laughs> get on it, there. I would love that. That would be fantastic. And, you know, even the drive there has this fabulously spooky vibe. You go down Dark Hollow Road, and then Ooh. you get to Akamai Road, and that's where the inn is is right nestled by the river. When you sent me that picture, and I was like, Dark Hollow Road? What a, what a very you, cool yeah. name. Like, that's just the perfect name for It's it. just set up yeah. to be the perfect spooky little spot. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in its day, it was, it's been um, everything from a pub to and uh like regular casual food to really elegant fine dining like the chef formerly like when i was a child growing up not far from there i grew up about a half an hour from the akamak and the chef at that time um was like a a fine french cuisine like Mm. i know that that chef like won awards and it was amazing food and my family and i would go there only for special occasions yeah (laughs) sounds delicious Mother's Day, things like right. that, right. you know. Yeah, but yeah, and destination it, type of place. It was, and it was known regionally, not just locally, for its really elegant food and also for its really active ghosts. Yeah, yeah. so cool. <laughs> so I haven't personally ever encountered those ghosts, but I do know that many of the people who work there are still around in the region. Wow. And um, do still talk about how active 
Johnny and Emily were. And that yeah. they would like hear them fighting in the kitchen and like he would breeze past and knock things out of people's hands and stories like that. That just, it was known. It was known that it was a haunted, haunted spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I remember reading one account from a former server and she said that one night the phone kept ringing and it, you know, they had a business phone. It was, it was a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Right. It kept ringing and there was nobody there except static and it kept ringing and there's nobody there Mm -hmm. except static. So they had uh, somebody come in and check it. There was no problem with the line. There was nothing. (laughs) They're convinced that it was one of the ghosts that just kept ringing the phone, you know, and they're like, this is so annoying. Like, why don't they just tell us what they want? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Emily. She's probably just like, can one of you get me out? (laughs) Yeah. I would assume that like how kind of sad of an existence that is to just be stuck there with this man that you've never loved just right. arguing with him for the rest of forever. This man that killed you. Right. And you have to be stuck with him for eternity. Yeah. I've often thought oh about gosh. it and I don't know how I could reconcile it. I mean, it's bad yeah. enough to be stuck forever anywhere, but to be stuck there right. with right. one person that mm-hmm. you really don't want to be with. That could be right. you. Yeah. You, yeah. that you never loved, that you were you didn't like in, in real life, in human life. Why yeah. That makes you think I'd like you in the afterlife. Yeah, it right. doesn't sound like his uh, temperament has improved at all. No. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's just as cranky and honorary in the past 150 years as he was back when he was alive. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. What an existence. That is, such a cool, that is such a cool place, and I would love to go visit there someday if it ever reopens, but... So it's it's listed for sale now, right? It is listed for sale. I even wrote down the name of the realtor, Rock Commercial Real Estate. So if any of your listeners want to open a haunted inn, Rock Commercial Real Estate in Pennsylvania has the perfect place for only $1.3 million. Maybe we'll have a listener that wants it, and then we can all go visit. See, that would be awesome. That would be great. You never know how these connections happen. Yeah, that's a dream. If one of our listeners were to get it, yeah. I have happy memories of the Akamak. And as a little girl, of course, going there, I didn't know this <laughs> sad story. So uh, when I learned it years later, I thought, oh, wow, like all of these people go there for these celebrations and happy occasions. And, mm-hmm. you know, they had weddings there and things like that. Oh, yeah. And, wow. To be Emily, to be stuck there, seeing all of these people celebrating and sharing these joyful moments and having amazing food that you can't taste. And yeah. <laughs> Having the life that she, her life was cut short, you know, mm-hmm. and she never got to have right. any of those moments and to watch them over and over and over and over. It seems yeah. like it would be so much for her. Yeah. I would want to run away. Right. That's what I'd want to do. So you, you said you went there growing up mm-hmm. and didn't know anything. So it, when you finally found out the true story, were you shocked? Cause you had been there so many times. Yes. I was, I was okay. shocked. You know, um, I I knew ghost stories as a child, and you know, it, it it wasn't an unknown thing to me. I think maybe that my mom and dad just didn't know that ghost story, so okay, they didn't tell me that one. I right, there were many right. other ghost stories I I knew growing up. Um, it used to be a tradition in my family on Halloween. My dad would load me and my brother in the car and would drive us around the region telling us local ghost stories and what what I now know to be urban legends. Okay. But, um, 
that I, you know when you're a child that's that's exciting and awesome oh yeah you're ready to yeah. go whatever Definitely. whatever religion your dad's gonna tell you right and yeah. um and then we would come back and have soup and this was <laughs> so it was a long night it was often a school night and i mm-hmm. i just it's one of my happiest um, what a great memory yeah, yeah a great little tradition i love that you know and it started my probably started my love of ghost stories you know, in all honesty. Yeah, very much. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, the other thing I'll say, when I found out this story, I didn't immediately arrive at, you know, any kind of compassion, especially for John. And I was first struck, of course, by how bold it was that Emily didn't accept his proposal. You know, she yeah. was kind of, yeah. I, I look at her now and I think, you know, that was a very feminist thing of her. Very well, much. Yes. Yeah. To be an orphaned adult woman with no dowry and no family to find her um, a match and to say no to a prominent wealthy mm-hmm. young man. Yeah. And simply because she didn't love him and she didn't want to be married to him. And yeah. I, you know, maybe I'll go back someday and say, to who if she can hear me you know i i applaud your strength i applaud your courage yeah and absolutely i, I obviously his actions were much more cowardly and it, it still takes me yes. time to find compassion for him um he was a misdirected person clearly mm-hmm. yeah you know? definitely i i think he was probably raised with a great deal of privilege being you know the oldest son of a wealthy family and he just probably just didn't get it that she yeah. would marry him. He just didn't get it. And yeah. especially yeah. that time in history, it, it is really unusual that this uh, went down the way it did. Yeah, men never take rejection well. <laughs> Still a thing. Hopefully today they won't just like turn around and shoot you. Uh, but he, I mean, I there's mean, still stories. There, there could be, yes. Unfortunately. But I feel it sounds like he was very spoiled and he, he thought, well, you know, you should marry me because nobody else is going to marry you. So, right, and right. I'm very proud of her for standing up for herself. Go, Emily. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you've never, like, seen any of the ghosts in this place. Uh-huh. Have you ever, like, felt anything weird? Any... You know, I've gone back a few times and just walked around the outside and I'm not going to lie, I've never intuited anything when I was there. And it is private property, so I didn't mm-hmm. want to trespass too much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't think they care so much if you, you know, stick to the road. And I mean, the road is public property. You can walk, you can right. walk on the road and the, right. you can almost touch the building from the road. It's so close. Wow. Okay. And I, I have driven by, I, I stopped and took those pictures when I last was over that way. And, um, I, I was really listening and hoping hoping for any of the four of them um, or any of the other legendary things. That right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, all I got was, you know, the beautiful sounds of the river and it was honestly peaceful. It felt peaceful. Yeah. Last time right. I was there. So maybe, maybe the ghosts were having a rest and uh, Emily and John had gone to their corners. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're, they're, happy, in, maybe they're enjoying there. that it's empty. Yeah, having yeah. a little bit more space and not yeah, being like, out. yeah, not having all of that life thrown at your face. You know, 
Yeah. I imagine that must be challenging to see that happening and, mm-hmm. and to have not gotten to have it. Right. Yeah. That is that is very sad. I know I would be bitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. If I was left on the beach for the rest of my life or the rest of eternity, <laughs> I might not complain as much. But I always say, please let me haunt a library. That would so be Abigail. That (laughs) That would be Abigail, too. We did a haunted library episode, actually, I think. We did. We did did a haunted haunted libraries. Yeah. It was a good one. Right there, if I have to to be an earthbound spirit, let it be in a library. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good place to be. So we probably should have asked this earlier, but tell us about yourself and I mean, I've, I was so excited to get into the story, I, you know, but I, oh, I just want to know more about you mm-hmm. and, you know, your life and your career and all of that. Okay. Well, since we're already on ghosts, I have been a ghost tour guide for many years. And um, I do ghost tours in both Maryland and Pennsylvania. And I absolutely love it. I always tell people that if you're looking for a window into history that is almost irresistible to people who don't like history, it's a ghost tour. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. It is a fascinating look into another time and into other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's done in such a way that you don't feel like you're learning history. Yeah, you really are. That's one of my favorite things about doing the job. I do love history and I still think there's a lot we have as a species not quite learned um, from history yeah. that is sadly, it just keeps repeating. Yeah, unfortunately. So, uh, it is very unfortunate. And I, I always hope that that will turn around, but I haven't, I haven't witnessed that yet. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe. Hope, yeah. Hope springs eternal. Um, so I am a ghost tour guide in two states, and I do a lot of other esoteric history talks. I do history of witches. I do cryptids, superstitions, like you said. You know, and one of my favorite things about um, the witches and superstitions in particular is re-educating people about the past, about mm. the thousands and thousands of mostly women, but also men and Mm -hmm. animals that died uh, during burning times and are are still dying to this day in other parts of the world. And um, the scar left on all women pretty much because of what happened during the burning times and the witch trials. And um, it, it does sadden me a little bit when I hear politicians using witch hunt as a phrase because what happened to those women and what happens to rich politicians now is not comparable. Not even a little bit. Nobody's going to drag them out in front nope. of their families and neighbors and friends and burn them alive. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think they even understand the loss and terror because, I mean, once that Mm-mm. woman was burned it's very likely that her children or, or uh, father or neighbors or mother or sister would also be killed. Yeah. And they, it's, it's tragic that fear and superstition played such a big role in humanity's past. Yes. Yes. So, absolutely. You know, even if I'm only educating people, you know, 20 or 30 at a time in a room, I feel like that can ripple out and I'm oh, all yeah. for it. You know, Definitely. That, um, knowing gives you so much uh, more perspective and you know even understanding the history of superstition so much of it is about witches so much mm-hmm. of it is about the devil and uh things like 
I'm trying to think of a good one. Oh, the black cats. Let's go there. Yeah. So I I don't understand anything about why somebody wouldn't choose a a dog or a cat because of their black coat. Right. Uh, But up to 70% of black dogs and cats die in shelters because of their coat color, not because of their temperament, not Mm -hmm. because of something wrong with the dog, not because of health disorder, because of their coat color. Right. And um, they were dogs. They call it black dog syndrome. Um, And it's sad. You know, when I did my research for that presentation, I talked to folks in different kinds of rescue and the whole black dog and cat thing is real. Mm-hmm. It is so real, sad. real. And, you know, the most common coat color on all dogs and cats across the board, it's black. It's really? Black. Wow. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know that. Genetically speaking, the most common coat color mm-hmm. on dogs and cats is black. And it wow. is the least adoptable, least desired color on any breed of dog or cat. So that was straight from the Catholic Church. Let, let's start with the cats. Whoa. That was straight from the Catholic Church. And... Um, they I know decide. all about them, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about ritual. I, I think they have uh, more exactly. ritual than any witches I know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so that said, um, they decided that cats were aligned with the devil. Um, perhaps they were in service to a witch. Perhaps they were a witch's familiar. <laughs> but either way, cats, because they were so independent and sassy um, mm-hmm. and disobedient, we're yeah. definitely aligned with the devil. So um, the Catholic Church issued an edict to have cats killed. Thousands and uh-huh. thousands of cats were murdered. And this became a really big deal because then the Black Plague came floating along down the Silk mm. Road off of the boats. And yeah. the rats went everywhere with no natural predator. Right. The and, cats went around. Yeah. Millions of people died from plague that might not have. I never um, realized that was connected. It's connected. I didn't, I, I didn't either. It just kind of blew my mind right now. Yeah, yeah it, it is connected, and it it is incredibly sad. Uh, lots yeah, of, lots of innocent people died because there were no cats to kill the rats. Yeah. and yeah, it's it's a little shocking, and it's just one more human superstition, human yep. ignorance that caused mass death, and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, literally millions of people died from the plague. Yeah. So to yeah. date, Don't mess it, it with is... nature or they'll mess back. Exactly. exactly. If you break part of nature, nature mm-hmm. will break you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't keep breaking the links later yeah. that nature will react. But um, And then the black dogs um, have long been associated with hellhounds. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hellhounds go back on almost every continent. They have a, a legend of the black dog that is a hellhound. Now it either serves a demon or the devil or, you know, some other dark entity. But it's always mm-hmm. a black dog. Sometimes it has red eyes. Sometimes it has yellow eyes. Sometimes it has multiple right. eyes or three eyes or one eye. But it's always the black dog that is the hellhound that, you know, in Harry Potter, they call it the Grim. I was just you know, thinking about that. Yep. We were both thinking Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah. The grim. But that's the superstition is is alive and well. And yeah. uh, black dogs still least adopted of any other color because of these old stories that yeah. literally don't mean anything to people today. Yeah. I mean, do you do you know very many people who have legitimate concerns about hellhounds chasing them down? No. Not not one. No. Not one. No. No. Yeah, no. But the superstition of a black cat crossing your path, 
people will still believe in that. Interesting. I know plenty of people who still believe in that. I I do too. I do too. What what difference would it make if the cat was an orange tabby? Right? (laughs) It's still a cat crossing your path. It's not going to make any difference, supposedly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I always feel kind of lucky when a cat crosses my path, but um, I'm like, woohoo! It's a cat. I got to see a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day. I just saw a cat. <laughs> I got my cat sitting right here next to me. Oh, hi, kitty. She's in her cone. She is not happy. Yeah, she's yeah, not happy. She's not a happy girl, oh. huh? I've had um, a few black dogs or cats, mm-hmm. and I have actually always preferred black dogs or cats, but for years, I have always been told, make sure to bring your cat or dog inside during Halloween. Yes, I've heard the same. Specifically because people will target any yep. black dog or cat yep. out on Halloween. And it's like, that's so ridiculous. That is just barbaric. Yes, absolutely. It's just, it's ignorance. Yeah, it is. It is. It's ignorance. It's old, old superstitions. And the thing is, people don't even know why they believe them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most people, if you ask them, why do you do this act? Why do you blow out birthday candles? They don't know. They don't know that it has to do with the goddess Artemis and uh, cakes that were once presented to her on full moons. They don't know. I didn't know that. (laughs) Now you do. (laughs) If it comes up in trivia, you've got it. It's like, I feel like these, these little superstitions and stuff, people don't realize how witchy they are being all the time. Like, but they're so against, they're so against it, but they don't know that they're, they're the ones that are doing it most of the time, you know? Right. Unknowingly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And the other fascinating thing is that broadly defined, witchcraft was the first religion. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. go back before any of the mainline religions we have now, um, none of which are terribly, terribly old, um, of which I would say Christianity is one of the newcomers. But um, going back past that to the early civilizations, they were pagan cultures. They were na- nature-based cultures yep. because they needed to be in tune with the earth. They had to listen to the earth. They mm-hmm. had to understand the moon cycles, the seasons. Those things mattered to their survival. And the more we become disconnected from that as a species, the more foreign it seems to have a faith-based system that's about the Earth's cycles. Um, and I mean, now people are completely disconnected from the Earth. I, I one time years ago, I met a girl who thought cows lived in zoos. And I'm like, no, honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Cows are your milk came from that you're drinking most likely unless it's you know right or almond milk or whatever. right that said i was just like wow like we have really lost touch with who we are right with what with what we are like we're, we're yeah. part of this planet you know yeah right. absolutely i have recently started trying to grow my relationship with the earth and the seasons and the cycles of life and death and Ever since I started that, I feel like I have become a lot more appreciative of where I am and the things that I have and how lucky I am to be able to be here on the earth and experience all of these things. And I, ever since I started doing that, it just, it makes me so sad to see how trampled over the earth is most of the time. Right. Agree. I, it's taking for granted. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. now no animal takes it for granted. If you look around, you'll see their animals' relationships to the earth are very different than humans. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I you know just sit and watch birds for a while. They feel the the elements. They feel the water, the air. They're with the earth. They are they're more incorporated in it. Whereas most humans, you know, we we're we spend more time looking at these things. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> yep. um, now I I will say they all everything has its ups and downs, but also most people don't have good boundaries around their use of phones, their use right. of you know, anything that's disconnecting them from being grounded, basically. Right. You know, you know that's right. that's that's the that's the bottom line. Not grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. It's a lot about ego. That too. I would have and, done. You know, we're the top dogs on the earth, so obviously we own it. But are we? <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I don't think that's true. Didn't COVID teach us that? Yeah. Um, you would think so. And and just like with the cats, the cats are gone. It didn't stop anything. It made it worse. Right. It made it worse. Humans. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and now making making it worse with uh, you know global warming and all yeah. these pollution and massive fires and flooding and, and stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It is heartbreaking it to is. see yes. people losing their homes, their businesses, their their lives, their families, yeah. and you know people with like lost pets and mudslides. I would be heartbroken, oh. right? Oh, Could yeah. you imagine? You know, right? And right. yeah, like isn't anybody connecting the dots? Like this, this is our our handiwork. Like yeah. it's time re-examine our relationship with the planet you know i i tuned in a while ago to um which something that before you think that's silly hang with me there was a group of people that got together to talk about their experiences with cryptids and i've never i've never had an experience with a cryptid i speak about them i've interviewed a lot of people who have had experiences where they they believe what they saw was a bigfoot they believe what they saw was a sea serpent they believe what they saw basically and Mm -hmm. i don't think any of them are lying i think it's all true and this was a group that was like a safe space for people to go and talk about that and not get made fun of right Mm -hmm. and because uh, you know, most people, if you say I saw a cryptid, they're like, "How drunk were you? Yeah, were you tired. Yeah, did you what have you on before you went out? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a million like, oh, it was probably a tree, or yep. you saw. They're a, just immediately right. gonna think you're crazy. You need help. Exactly. You know, exactly. like yeah, you know, I find that on my ghost tours too. People show up oh, at yeah. a ghost tour looking for a, a place to be heard because like there's always one or two people hanging around afterwards. They want someone to tell their story. They right. want someone to tell their ghost story that won't judge them, that won't put them into a place where they feel silly or dumb. Right. right. So back to the cryptids. Um, there was a woman there who said that as a hobby, she takes classes and practices animal communication. And very unexpectedly one day, she was able to connect with some form of sea serpent that mm. it's message to her. Now she was trying to like connect to somebody's pet and she got this instead. Mm. And the sea oh, serpent wow. reported to her that it was choking in the ocean. And could she oh. please tell the people that there's life in the ocean they don't know and mm. that they would really like it if the people could stop ruining its home. 
that Aww. it wants to continue living in its home. And so do all of the other, you know, aquatic sea life creatures mm-hmm. that are there. Yeah. And yeah, I was also surprised when she said that because, you know, most people are like, oh, I saw a werewolf and he chased me down and wanted to kill me. This was not that at all. <laughs> right. right. This was you a know, cry for help. This was a cry for help that I would not have expected to hear in a situation like that. You know, you always hear the, in, in situations like that, you hear a lot of big, Bigfoot, UFO, um, occasional werewolf, um, things like that. And they're usually scary stories. But the sea serpent that had the message of like, please stop polluting the earth was mm-hmm. a big surprise to me. And obviously the moderator and everybody else too, because, right. you know, we all were thinking it was going to be, oh, you, you connected with a monster and it was terrible. But no, this woman psychically connected to an energy that was crying out for help. Right. So yeah. the only way she could describe it was sea serpent. Hmm. So, you know, interesting. I, part of me is like, was it the Loch Ness monster? <laughs> it was in the ocean, which actually probably makes sense because mm-hmm. we don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean. Right? The ocean is you know? scary. Yes. I think yeah. we have learned that recently. Yes. Yes, yes we have. We have learned that. The ocean is part of nature that it, when it doesn't want us, we'll spit us out. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so. As will all of nature. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, you know, like like we we're saying, you know, it's, it's so interesting that it took the form of a cryptid, that it took this sea monster, you know? And she said she's she's made all these changes in her habits and she's trying to tell people, like, you know, you should be better to the earth. And now she said people are making fun of her for being a tree hugger. And I'm like, well, that sounds right. Yeah, people are going to do that. Yeah, I was like, but, you know, just so you know, there are those of us that hear you, that see you and believe you and yeah. that it your message isn't not heard by some people. You know, there are those yeah. of us who hear you and get it. Absolutely. And agree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. And what and whether or not it's something that you yourself don't believe in or have never seen doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't believe it or that it doesn't right. exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Agree. Agree. You know, when I was a little girl, I saw ghosts and it was normal. Oh. And my parents were supportive and they didn't tell me not, they, but they would say, don't tell other people. Yeah. Mm. You can talk to us. We believe you, but don't tell other people. Right. And I feel like it's the same with any situation like this, that yeah. especially, especially when you're dealing with like children or people who are very sensitive animals, mm-hmm. there are things we don't see in this world. Science has yeah. not explained everything, obviously. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. New stuff happens all the time. And, you know, just because I can't prove it isn't, I can't prove it's real. I can't prove it isn't real. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I have never before seen a ghost, but I want to so bad. But I'm also afraid that I'm going to get really freaked. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Maybe I can comfort you. I have been involved with a lot of ghost encounters and, um, I have never had a bad one ever out of dozens. So think of most people, you know, most people, you know, are I'm going to use the word benign, you know them, but they're, they have their own life. They have their own thing going on and you just happen to be passing by. Right. You know, you just happen to be part of their life. The next most common category are people that are nice. People that aren't going to do anything shitty. Oh, I'm sorry. I swore. That's okay. We swear all the time. We swear on here all the time. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Don't even worry about it. 
Um, the next category, you know, are people who are generally nice. They, they mean you well. They want to do nice things for you. And they might even go out of their way to like pay you a compliment or right. pick up the tab for your coffee or, you know, give you a ride when your car's in the shop. They're good people. Mm-hmm. Same with ghosts. After yeah. the benign come the benevolent. Now, we've already mm-hmm. gotten about 95% of spirit entities accounted for now. The rest, that other teeny tiny sliver, are the bad guys. Just like mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, uh, okay. Statistically speaking, it's the same with ghosts as it is with people. Yeah. Now, I know there are buildings on my tours that malevolent entities have been spotted. I don't go look for them. Right. I don't yeah. go like hang on the door and act crazy. Right. Hey, 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 join me. I, I don't do that. I, I respect. That's going to rile them up. I respect that I'm in their space. Right. And I, I try to tell their story with honor and accuracy as much as I know about the history. And I, I then respectfully walk back. And I always tell people in my tours, please don't bang on these buildings. Yeah. Like, hey, they're historic and you can mess them up. Right, and right. Private property and people live there and they wouldn't appreciate you peeking in their windows right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Believe it or not, people try to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I I've bet. even had people dress up like Dean from Supernatural. And they suddenly think they're going to. What? I don't know what they think. Yes, I have had wow. I have had young men dress up like Sam and Dean on my tour program. Oh my gosh. And uh, they don't have the car. It's too bad. But um, <laughs> that might be kind of. That's what I was hoping. Yeah. But um, they, they have these outfits on. And they're like, oh yeah, we're like supernatural. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. But, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, eh, nope, you, you missed the mark. But um, <laughs> they think they're going to like go rid the this, this space of ghosts. And I'm like, hey. These towns want their ghosts. Yeah. The, the ghosts, this is their home. They're not going anywhere. Why would you want to go into someone's home and tell them to leave? Like, if they want to leave, I assume they'll leave right. for some other reason. Not because you two teenage boys showed up in your, your yeah. outfit. <laughs> that aren't even real ghost hunters. And uh, you're going to suddenly save everybody right. from the ghosts in this old historic house that they want to be there. So. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like somebody watching CSI and going, I can solve that real crime like right? just because oh, they yeah. watch CSI. Or Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, it's like, actually, you don't have a master's degree yeah. for, for yeah. forensic medicine. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this happens all the time on ghost tours, but do you ever have people where they're just like constantly trying to prove you wrong? Yes, absolutely. That there's no ghosts oh, really? and that stuff doesn't exist. Yeah, ghost tours attract a lot of different kinds of people. So you get mm-hmm. the people who are just interested in history or like recently moved to the area and they want to know more about it. That takes up like a category. The mm-hmm. next category are your ghost hunters. They want to know what buildings they can get into legally and hunt ghosts with their equipment. Okay. Which is fine. It's really up to the owners, you know? I mean, right. I'll tell the history. But if the owners don't want them there, that's the end of that song. Yeah. Yep. Then you also have the skeptics. Oh, yeah. The people who at every turn will be like, well, there could have been this and there could have been this. And I'm like, yes, you're right. There could have been. There could have been. Right. You know, we don't on any of the tours I give. All of these stories have been verified by multiple people Mm -hmm. um, who didn't necessarily know each other. Okay. And frequently didn't know each other. And there's some of the ghosts that there are stories about them that date back decades. So they've been around a long time doing their thing in their space. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of documentation about it from unrelated people over time. And some of them have even like communicated, my name was is Loretta. And we were able to look wow. up who Loretta was, how wow. she died, and when she was there. 
That is so crazy. We know, we know who she is. Right. Yeah. We know who she is. Right. And in this particular building in Maryland, um, I'm, I'm one of the people who's had an encounter with Loretta. Wow. I didn't see her, but I know she was there because she pushed my phone off of a ledge and broke it. Oh. And oh then I was like, Loretta, why did you do that? And then she, I had an oil lantern with me that I hold and carry for my tours. The, the top of it started flopping back and forth. Oh. And I'm like, do you need attention, Loretta? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know? and so I, I always talk to her now when I go in that building. I make sure to address her as soon as I get onto the property. I'm like, hey, Loretta, I'm here. You know, if, if you want to be around someone, I'm here now. Right. And um, I've gotten into my car, which isn't a lot on that property. And I, one time I got in, I'm like, Loretta, if you're here, I'm leaving. So you should hop out. And the the dome light flickered <laughs> oh my and went out. And then I, I think she got out of the car. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is a crazy experience. And I love, I love the way that you go about it, you know, very like respectfully, like I'm here in your space, like you said. And yeah. if you want to talk, you can. If not, no big deal. But, you know, I I went on a ghost hunting program, one of the ones I've done, and the group was very loud and forceful with the, the spirit entities that mm. were residents of that property. Mm-hmm. And it was so upsetting and jarring that even yeah. some of the guests were crying Aww. because they were so abrasive. And I remember yeah. thinking, how would you like it if someone came into your house and started yelling at you and banging on the walls and had all of this equipment. And we're trying to film in your bedrooms. Um, and I was just like, yeah. this house was back in the 1700s. I don't know if those entities do or don't know what cameras are, but you wouldn't necessarily feel welcome coming out with a camera in your bedroom. Right. Even now, I mean, I wouldn't be like, yeah, sure. You can film me in my bedroom. Right. Let's go. Like, right. No. You know? Yeah. I don't why they thought any of this was a good idea and I felt like it was so disrespectful and abrasive yeah and I I try to do literally the opposite like how would I want to be treated especially if I was stuck somewhere for hundreds of years yeah yeah you know for the rest of eternity yeah like why why would I want someone to come in and be rude and disrespectful to me right you know I don't want that now I certainly wouldn't want that then right right so I um I do encourage Abigail if you see a ghost or you hear a ghost or you know you're in the presence of one in some way because there are different ways they make themselves known you can of course be scared because it's a new experience I mean sometimes even things that are fun like walking in high heels the first time is scary but (laughs) but it it becomes fun later but um, it's the same with ghosts it's like that first time you do something the chances of, of getting a malevolent spirit the first time are very slim it's not impossible, but it's very slim. More likely, it's going to be a benign or benevolent spirit. And if you are respectful and thoughtful and have compassion in your approach, that's probably how you're going to get treated in return. That that does make me feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just like regular people. Exactly. Yeah, you know, there's there's always jerks in the crowd, but I mean. Uh, you know, I always uh, I try to comfort people on my ghost tours by saying there are no police reports in the county of death by ghost. <laughs> That's a good point. There aren't any. You know, And in my superstitions talk, I always like to share with people there are no police reports in the county that I have ever heard of. And I did go ask of death by cat stealing your breath. Not a thing. <laughs> Yep, doesn't so. happen. <laughs> that's that's completely nonsense. Yes, a cat can smother a baby, but they don't steal its breath. Right, right, the whole right. Stealing the breath thing is totally folklore and not right. real. Yeah, 
that's that's downright uh, straight out of like you know the devil stole my child's breath. You know, mm-hmm. uh, actually, you know the old stories of the fae who would come and uh, do the changeling swap. Like some of that carries over into the cats. Wow. Sadly, I don't know why the dark fae have to become cats, but they do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm curious. How do people come on your ghost tour? Yeah, when I have tours scheduled, I post them on my website. Okay. So, yeah, I I do at least one every month, sometimes many more, depending on the month, time of year. And I, I absolutely love doing them. They're loads of fun. It's a great way to learn about an area. But yes, they go onto my website, and then every month I post all of the events and talks that I'm giving. Okay. And um, the ticketing links are always right there. Awesome. And so what is your website? It's called Tea and Smoke. Usual okay. spelling of all three words. Tea and Smoke. Alrighty. Is it, a, is it dot com? Dot com. Okay. Yep. And how does it, how else do people find you? I want to make sure everybody can find you. Because I could sit here and talk okay. to you for like another hour probably. <laughs> I know. I could too. Well, you know, we could always visit again sometime. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. I could tell you another story, yeah. I would love that. I would, I would love to hear about Loretta. Yeah. Yeah. I... I'll have to go take build, uh, building pictures, and uh, sometimes she even appears in reflections. So we'll see oh, if I can get her. Ooh, I, I might cool. have spent a little time waiting to see if she'll show up. Yeah, but um, a lot of people have seen her. I just I've experienced her, but I haven't. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I sometimes don't look in the mirror in the bathroom in there because I I'm like, <laughs> what purpose. if she's behind me right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> talking to her for the past 20 minutes that I've been here you know like she's probably here (laughs) probably like I'm sure my lips looks fine I don't need to look in the mirror at all (laughs) (laughs) right but yeah they say that she does show up in the mirror and in windows like anything reflective you can see her stand behind you and it it does happen wow several times a year at least wow but uh, yes so to find me, I am on Instagram. It is Tea and Smoke by Rissa. And the tea and smoke are the divination forms that I like to do best. I am a tea leaf reader and I do smoke scrying. And you wanted something witchy, Abigail. There it is. <laughs> I wore my witchy shirt and my tarot earrings just for just for this. Yeah, I, I'm actually a third generation tarot reader. Wow. And I do- I do have an old, old family deck of tarot cards. That is so cool. And, uh, yeah, I became a tea leaf reader, though, to be rebellious. I know that sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love them all now. They all have their own personality and place, really. Right. Yeah. But yes, I'm on Instagram, Tea and Smoke by Rissa. My website is teaandsmoke.com. And I have a YouTube page called Tessiography by Rissa, where I post a monthly, at least once a month, I post a, a free... Um, general reading for anybody who is just looking for a little guidance from the tea. Oh, okay. All right. Awesome. That is awesome. Thank you. I will put all of those on our social or on our show notes too. And yes. uh, I would love well, thank, you. thank you for sending the picture. I'm going to post this picture of Rissa on our social media because it looks so cool. She's holding a book and all this blue smoke is coming out. It's, I love that picture Ooh, so much. It's definitely. Such a cool picture. Yeah, it was a, a picture that was taken on a, a day that it was 24 degrees outside. Oh, really? And uh, the photographer and I were like, should we go forward? Should we do this? But she's she was, the leaves are perfect. We've got to do it. We've got to go. She goes, you're going to have to just suck it up. Yep. I was like, all right. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Well, it turned out amazing. So I'm glad. Yes, it was it worth too. it. Yes, definitely. It, for a storyteller, it's the perfect picture. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. I love it. 
Thank you. Thank you so, so much. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. It was a pleasure. Of course. I loved talking to you and I would love to do it again. This is, you know, everything that I'm interested in. So I had a wonderful time. I'm all in. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Rissa. Thanks for having me. Of course. Have a great day. Bye. Wasn't that amazing? It was. I loved it. Thrilling. On the edge of your seat, I love a romance story, even though it wasn't really a romance story. It was was a romance slash ghost slash stalker story. Yeah. (laughs) No. I love stories about independent women. Yes, very much. Who are not going to cave to any man's wills. Especially back then. Especially back then. You know. Yeah. Like in in that situation where you have some rich guy who thinks he deserves everything and she was right. like, nope, I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm all right yeah. by myself. Sorry. Yep. Bye. Yep. <laughs> but I would love to have her back. We're, we're talking about maybe having her back, you know, as it gets a little closer to Halloween. Spooky time. I don't know. Who knows? I think that'd be fun. Never know what could happen. Yeah. I think that would be great. Maybe talk about some, uh, I don't know, Halloween-y type places. Yeah. Halloween. That would be really fun. <laughs> Halloween-y. <laughs> Weenie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you got to keep that in. It just, I don't know why it just, it just bought, brought me back to Lemp Mansion and Dick Pointer. <laughs> Dick Pointer. <laughs> And how much we giggled about that. Oh, that was so good. I knew that was going to be one of my favorite parts of that episode. (laughs) As soon as I read it, I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is is the gold. This is what I'm here for. (laughs) If you guys are new here and you haven't listened to episode one about Lemp Mansion and Dick Pointer, go go listen to it. Go listen to it. (laughs) We really don't talk about Dick very much. We don't, we don't, but it was a, it was a fun, it was a funny moment. It was a good time. It was. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you would like to support us, if you would like to support us, you can follow us on TikTok at roadside podcast, Instagram at roadside pod, find us Facebook at roadside podcast, YouTube at roadside pod. And our website is roadsidepodcast.com. And you can also email us at roadsidepod at gmail.com. Do it. If you have any suggestions or stories you'd like to tell us. Yes. You can also join us on Patreon. You can. Patreon.com slash roadside. Yeah. And you can get a free seven-day trial if you want to check out some of our bonus episodes. You should do that. We would love it. We would love it. Anyways. Cool. Nice talk, guys. What'd you say? I said nice talk, guys. Oh, yeah. Nice talk, guys. <laughs> glad we got to talk to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we glad did. we got to talk at you. Didn't get to hear you, so. Yeah. Maybe someday. Cool. We love you all. Thank you for listening. We love you very much. Like, share, tell your friends. Goodbye. Keep finding the thrill and the mysterious, all that stuff. Bye. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>